Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about right and wrong thinking, so I'm kind of going back that to that tonight. Not it's in a different direction, you know, but it's still about right and wrong thinking. And, and honestly, uh, what Pastor Greg ministered on Sunday night, just, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, now I already know what I'm doing Wednesday night and you're stealing my stuff, you know, but that's just the way it works. You know, when the Spirit of God is trying to get something across, he might have more than one person say something that really applies in a, and you could have all said it all in one service, but he chose to divide it up. And so a lot of what Pastor Greg had to say on Sunday night, you know, you need, you need to listen to it again and again and again. And so we may touch on some of what he, he had to say, but go a little bit different, you know, because the Word of God is just vast. I mean, there's so much in it and so many different ways to apply it in our lives and so many different ways that we need to hear it. Because sometimes you can hear something, the exact same thing, a little differently for it to finally make the light bulb come on. You know what I mean? You know, and sometimes it's a different person. It's just a different, it's just a different example. It's just a different, a different part of the scripture. Just, you know, just some little something that can make the difference into whether we can grab a hold of that truth or not. And so tonight, that's what we're going, going to do. You know, and what he said on, on Sunday night, you know, is something that we always need to go back to when it comes in the area of faith, because that's what we're talking about tonight, right and wrong thinking when it comes to your faith. And uh, he made the statement more times than one on Sunday night that he said it like this, if you're born again, you have the faith that you need for anything that you need. You already have faith. It took faith for you to be born again. You received the new birth by faith. So there's no reason for us to say, well, I don't have faith. Yes, you do. If you're born again, you've already used it once at least. It's the same faith that will get you whatever you need, the same faith that got you born again. The same faith you used to receive Jesus is the same faith you'll use to receive anything God has for you. And so it's just not right to say, I don't, I don't have faith. No, you do. You do. That same faith is going to work in, in every area of our lives. We just have to get ourselves in a place of focusing on, not focusing on how something's going to work. You know, we, sometimes when you're faced with something, you know, you immediately go to this, this place of, I, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this is going to get fixed. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. No, no. You know, that's, that's just really not the place to go. It's not up to you to know how to do it. And I think he said that kind of on, on Sunday night as well. Don't you try to figure out how. You just take the next step. Whatever the next step is, you take that next step. You know, and I tell you what, over the years, it's just been amazing to me when there's been needs in our lives. And, and I could have, you know, in my way of thinking was that God was going to do it maybe this way. Or maybe he'll do it that way. Because well, that kind of makes sense that he could do this or, or he could do that. Or he could move on this person or that person. And I'm always amazed at who he chooses and what he chooses and how he chooses to answer the need. My job is to believe him and just let him do it, me not try to figure it out. It's a lot of stress on you to try to have to figure that out. Why bother? Why put yourself in that kind of a place? You know, you get you all stressed out over the hows of something. You know, we just let it go and let God take care of it, and he does a much better job than you do. He does a much, he has more resources than you do. He has much more imagination than you and I do. And he's using people that maybe aren't the most likely candidates to bless you. Whatever your need is, you need to always be satisfied in knowing that if you have a need, God's already positioned somebody to meet that need. The supply is already waiting for you, whatever that need is. I heard a pastor say a few years ago, his church had a tremendous need. And God said, I've already got somebody who has the supply that you need for that particular need. And somebody showed up in his church one Sunday morning that he did not know. 
And after church, they came up and handed him an envelope and just told him they enjoyed the sermon and then walked out. And when he opened that, that envelope later, there was a check right there for every penny of what they needed as a church. I mean, you know, who, would, who could know that that kind of thing was going to happen? God knows. God knows. So, you know, we just have to just stop focusing on the how and just focus on, well, what did God say? Well, now, sometimes you think, well, God didn't say anything. Yeah, he did. You've got him talking to you right here all the time. What did God say? The first place you need to go to find out what God said is right here. What did God say? It's right here. Sometimes it comes from the pulpit. Sometimes it comes from another believer who speaks the word to you, who pulls it out of here. Their basis, their foundation for what they say is here. You know, this is the ultimate place we go. And the place who's, person who's going to encourage you, the person who's going to help you, you know, should get their leading from right here. So what did God say? Sometimes we have to, we know a lot of scriptures, say in the area of healing, we have all kinds of scriptures any one of us could go to in a heartbeat when it comes to healing. But which of those verses speaks to your heart? Kendra, Kendra reminded me of this year, last year, you know, when she was going through chemo and stuff. She would get up every day and say, now, Lord, what do you want me to focus on today? What verse do you want me to focus on today? Not just some willy-nilly big old line of scripture sheets, you know, a mile long, but which one do you want me to focus on today? Maybe one or maybe two. I've, ha I've had times in my life where one verse, one verse was the difference in a crisis. One verse. And I took that one verse and I said it to myself over and over and over and over and over and over and over. It started out as dull, lifeless, just words. And the more I read it, the more I said it, the more I meditated on it, the more life there was in it. And everything about me changed from the inside out. You could feel it beginning to rumble on the inside. You know how when your stomach's, you know, you're hungry and your stomach's beginning to rumble? You know, it's, it's kind of like that. You know, there's a rumbling in your spirit going on. You know, and it's, it's beginning to go. And it suddenly just kind of comes out and you go, yes, that's it. That's it. One verse. One verse. You need to find out what's God saying. One verse is really all you need. There are multitudes that apply to every need you'll ever have, but what one verse speaks to your heart right now? Might not be the same verse the next time you have a need that's similar, but for right this minute, what verse, what verse is it that's just grabbing me? that won't let me go, that I've got to hold on to, that I've got to just, just keep on at it until, until it becomes alive on the inside. That's the one you hang on to. That's what God's saying to you. And then there are times when God has spoken something to your heart. You know he's the one who said that to you. You have no doubt that he said that to you. And because he said that to you, you hang on to it. You know, when, when, I, when I had the cancer surgery back in 2002, you know, and, and I, went, I went into surgery knowing God had said to me, surgery will take care of it. And I came home with a diagnosis of cancer that had spread, and I was going to have to have chemo. And I went out on the, on the back pool deck and sat in, and we had a swing out there. And I sat in the swing while Pastor was gone to do an errand. And, and, and I, just, I just said, now, Lord... I, did I miss it? Did, I mean, did I miss it here? I mean, I thought you told me surgery would take care of it. I've got positive lymph nodes. I thought you said, I thought I heard you say, surgery will take care of it. And the, the answer was, I got what makes you think it did. And I went, yes, sir. That's it. That's all I needed. That's all I need. Him just to reassure me. What makes you think it didn't? So what? There was two positive. That's the only two positive lymph nodes you had. Okay, great. Wonderful. When God says something to your heart and you know that it's God talking to you, that's something you can hang on to. 
you apply it and mix it with faith where the other scriptures are concerned, you know, that, that, are, that are appealing to your spirit, but you hang on to what God has said. You know, the, the house that we lived in for 19 years, I knew the moment I walked into that house, we were looking at it, I knew the moment I walked into that house, that's my house. Well, you know, we couldn't come to terms on, on, on a price, and so, okay, you know, so it's just going to be for sale for a while. Then we found ourselves in a situation where we needed a rental house. Didn't have, there was not, I mean, this was 1982, and there was just nothing rental around here. And so we didn't know where we were going. We lived in the church office for about four weeks. But two weeks into this, this lady who owned that house called me up and said, we need to go ahead and move. Would you be interested in renting this house? And I went, hmm. Well, that, well, let me talk about it, and we'll see. What, yes, 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 yes. So at least I've got my foot in the door. I'm not buying it yet, but at least my foot's in the door, honey. So we move into this house, and for two years we sat in that house while she tried to sell it. And for two years, I think maybe two people looked at that house. And one day she came back to us. The price that we offered her was not that different from where they were. She just wouldn't budge off of it. We just knew where we, where we were at. This is, this is what God said, you know, we, we were going to offer. So about two years into this, she came to us and she said, you know what, it's like there's something standing in front of that for sale sign. Nobody ever calls on it. Nobody ever asks about it. Nobody's interested in it. Okay, we'll take the price you offered. <laughs> You know, and so in two years, you, you had to stand there and go, it's my house. I don't care. I don't care if there's for sale signs out there. It's my house. It's my house. And for 19 years, we lived in that house. You know, so there are times when God has talked to you about something, said something, that belongs to you. Don't let go of it. I don't care what the circumstances look like. Don't let go of it. If he said it's yours, it's yours. If he said he would bring you through something, he'll do it. If he said... Surgery will take care of it, and bless God, surgery will take care of it. Whatever he said to you, what has God said? That's what you need to focus on. But, you know, we need to live in a world not dominated by the mental. You know, not dominated by the mental. The mental realm is a, is a good realm to live in if you're balancing a checkbook, if you're baking a cake, if you're taking a drive from here to Atlanta, you know, it's, that's a good place to be in. You, you want to have some mental acuity here. You want to have some accuracy here. You know, I don't want to eat a cake that's full of salt instead of sugar. You know, that kind. You need some mental acuity. But you can't live in the mental realm and succeed in the spiritual realm. If you're always turning to your mind, your mind is not the place where you're going to find faith. It's not the place. Your mind is, 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 is telling us everything that opposes faith. We use our minds for things that don't call for faith. Our hearts are the what calls for faith. Our spirit man is what calls out for faith. Just like blind Bartimaeus. He was sitting on the side of the road. He heard about Jesus. Maybe he heard somebody talking about how people had been healed in some of these, these teaching sessions that Jesus had held. Maybe some of the times where he had been in a city and everyone who was sick that came to him was healed. He had heard about this. And then he heard, he heard Jesus coming. He heard him coming. And he began to cry out, Oh, thou son of David. And people around him got annoyed because he got louder and louder, and louder, and louder. He would not be quiet. The person who's in faith will not be quiet. If you have to get loud, then you get loud. But you don't stop calling until you get your answer. He kept calling. He got Jesus' attention, and he got his healing, and he threw away those robes. He threw them away before Jesus, he even got to Jesus because he was already prepared and expecting his healing as soon as he got to him. He called out. You know, sometimes we just don't do enough calling because we're using the mental instead of the spirit. You know, when you know what you know what you know, you'll begin to call 
for the things that belong to you. And you won't be satisfied until you get them. You won't let people try to convince you to be quiet, that that's ridiculous, that you're just taking this too far, that that's nonsense. It's not going to happen. You know, no, you keep calling until you get exactly what you want. The reason we don't get our prayers answered sometimes is because we don't think right. Because we're looking to the wrong place. We're looking in the mental realm instead of in the spirit realm. Do you go looking for shoes in the refrigerator? I hope not. I hope not. Uh, there's been times, you know, where I've heard stories about how people went and put, you know, stuff that's meant for the laundry basket in the trash can or something that's meant for the trash can and the laundry basket and all these kind of other things. But not, you don't go looking for shoes in the, in the refrigerator. And I hope you don't go looking for cake in the laundry basket. But sometimes, you know, spiritually speaking, we go looking for the, for the answer in the wrong place. That's not where it is. Need, need to look at it. It's not in the mental realm. Listen, if you don't think you can have something, you will never have it. Pastor Greg talked about those kind of things on Sunday night. You know, about if you think, you know, that God can't answer your prayer, that you don't deserve it, that you're not worthy of it, that you're too far gone, you've made too many mistakes, you know, all this kind of stuff, you'll never have what God intends for you to have. You can't think one thing and say another thing. You know, some people learn the lingo. They learn, they learn to say the right thing, but their thought life is not in line with what they're saying. I am a perfect example of that. In 1986, I had this large tumor in my thyroid. And I, you know, you know I, don't, we don't, I don't really know what to do. It was 1986. We had no insurance. Uh, didn't have much money. And it couldn't afford to, to do much, you know, that. But, but God provided a way for me to have surgery and all this stuff. And it, and it turned out it was really nothing. Just got this big old lump out of my throat. But... In the middle of all that, pastor's going, well, bless God, we're just going to curse this thing and it's going to go because the, the Bible says if we speak to the mountain, it'll be removed and be cast into the sea. And I'm going, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. And in my heart and in my mind, I was going, I don't think so. I don't think so. See, I'm going to admit to this because you need, you need to hear it. It's easy for you to say what sounds good what you think everybody expects you to say and have something else going on up here where you don't, you don't think. I mean, your thinking is not in line with what you're saying. And so one Saturday afternoon, Pastor had been at the office because back, back then he had to get out of the house to go get a message together on a, for a Sunday because our house was much too busy. We had two boys at the house all the time, and he had no place to go at our house. So our, he had all his books and things you know, down, down at the office. And so he came back to the house that Saturday afternoon, and he came in and said, we need to talk. And I said, okay, what? He goes, well, I've been praying about you, about this situation. And the Lord says that even though you're saying the right things, you don't believe that at all. Is that right? And I went, I don't even know why you're asking me if that's right, if God told you, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he, said, he said, that's what I thought. So here's what we're going to do. God said you just going to have, have the surgery, and he would take care of the bills. Don't worry about it. And don't worry about that. It'll be nothing. And you and I will grow to, to be old. Well, you'll grow to be in a ripe old age. Well, I'm ripe, but I'm not old. So, you know, as soon, as soon as he said that, the pressure, and sometimes we get to a place where we talk a good talk without changing our minds because we're on, we think we're under pressure to impress somebody. I'm not here to impress you, okay? You shouldn't be out to impress anybody. But the thing about it is what he said to me freed me up to find out where my faith really was. And so I went into surgery going, bless God, this surgery is going to take care of it. God's going to provide for it. Everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be wonderful. You could not have convinced me of anything any different. I mean, I was just totally, totally convinced. And I would say it because I, my, 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 my entire being inside, all the way to where I thought was all lined up with what God had said. I was free to, to hook on with my faith to where I could believe. I could not, I was not to a place where I could get to say, oh, just this thing has to disappear in the name of Jesus. That's not where I was. But where I was, God met me, and I got 100% of what I was believing God for, and God did exactly what he said. The thing was taken out. Bills were taken care of supernaturally. 
You know, and we just went on, and that's never been an issue again. So, you know, just because somebody's saying the right thing doesn't mean they're believing the right thing because they're not thinking the right thing. I, I recall somebody who's gone on to heaven, and, and the two of us both knew in, in ministering to this, this person that their situation was dire. And yet they were like, oh, I know God's taking care of it. I know God's taking care of it. And we thought it's not real to her. It's just not real. You, you know it's just not real. But, you know, you just, you just pray. You encourage somebody with the word and, 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 and just trust that they, they, they're somewhere that they, that they make a connection and figure out where they can believe, where they can hook on. Because the point is to stay here. It's not to impress anybody with your big faith, okay? You know, we, we have a tendency to think that our faith successes have to come big things. You know? But you know what? It's just the next step. And, and as we learn to take the next step in faith and we're successful at it, we're 100% successful, that sets us up for the next thing that the enemy is going to challenge us with. We're more able, we're more ready, we're more persistent because we've already seen victory here. Now the next step, I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to go up. If the next thing is harder, okay, fine, go for it. When you experience victory after victory, then you begin to expect nothing less than victory at the next level of where you're at and where you come to. Hallelujah. But it has to start, it has to start, you know, you have, you have to start changing this man right here. This man right here has got to change. This mental guy has got to change. Um, James 1.8 talks about a double-minded man who's unstable in all his ways. What's a double-minded man? Somebody who thinks one thing, says a different thing. That's unstable. That's double-minded. You're not going to get anything if you're double-minded. You, can, you, can't, you can't have these two things out of sync. Obviously, they have to be in sync with your heart. Your spirit man wants to believe this, but you know, you have, you have to renew your mind to be able to access what God's got for you. And at Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? What you think here affects here. Now, there are times when the enemy is going to bring doubt and unbelief to you. But you can have a thousand thoughts of doubt and unbelief bombarding your mind and it not affect what you believe. What Dad Hagen say? You know, it's like having you can birds can you you can have birds fly. Well, how does that go, hon? Birds may fly over your head, but they can't build a nest in your hair. You know that's the that's the thing. We just have to understand, but that no matter what, how we're going to be continually renewing our minds. Continually, it's a continuing, ongoing process because the world is trying constantly to take out of us what we're putting, what the Holy Spirit and the words putting into us. It's trying all the time. But you can have these doubts, this uh, uh, thoughts and things just circling you all the time without it affecting you, without it actually changing what you think and what you say. So he comes to you and said, well, you're not going to make it. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yeah, I am. Don't ever entertain any thoughts of you're not going to make it. You're not going to succeed. You're not going to have. You're not going to do. Don't entertain those kind of thoughts. You have to guard your thought life. Um, there's no risk when you're in faith. Did you know that? There's no risk. There's no telling where you'll wind up. If you give in to thoughts of doubt and unbelief, oh my, the enemy can give you so many, so many scenarios if you let him. So many places that you will wind up at if you just, if you just allow him entrance, you know, with that kind of stuff. Um, the reason he's so interested in affecting your thought life is because that's where he holds the most sway over you. If he loses his ability to make you think what he wants you to think, he loses his ability to influence the outcome of your life. And he knows that if, if for every victory you have in the faith realm, he's losing ground every time 
every time he's losing ground. He's losing ground. He's losing ground. You're getting stronger, and his influence is getting weaker. That's why it's so important. I mean, let's, let's face it. His whole deal is to make this world think that there is no God, there is no God who cares about you, there's no God who's going to do anything for you, there is no help for you except in this realm here, my realm. Well, he's a liar and the father of liars, and he'll never, he'll never get entrance into, into us if we don't allow him to. Hallelujah. Remember, faith is not a blind leap, but an educated step. An educated step. Well, educated what? Number one, educated in what the Word says. Educated in what God has said to you directly. And then educated by your experience in God. Like I said, the, the more victory you experience in life, in faith arenas, and in, and in areas where you have to apply your faith, the more educated you become that this is right, that this is exactly what I need to be doing. This is the life I want to live. I want to live a life of faith. I can live a life of faith. I am successful in living the life of faith. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. You know, you have to be educated in these things. For somebody to, to take a step of faith without being educated is a blind leap of faith. Thank God there are times when God's mercy intervenes and, and he keeps them from becoming a shipwreck. But you can't count on that. You can count The Father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. So what things are in the kingdom of darkness? What things are in the kingdom of light? What things has he brought you out of? Well, he's brought you out of darkness. Darkness where? The darkness that says that you have no peace. There's nowhere to find peace. There's nowhere to find joy. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to get your needs met. There's, there's, there's no help for you in any, in any area. You, you, you're just going to be sick. You're going to be at the mercy of whatever comes around, whatever flu season brings, whatever, whatever happens in life. You're just, you're just going to have to go with what the economy says, what, what the, the feds, you know, the interest rate the feds charge. You're going to be at the mercy of all of this stuff. And what, is, what does the kingdom of light say to you? Ah, Jesus, the Prince of Peace has come. The light of the world is here. Your Savior 
has come for you, the one who's delivered you, completely set you free, who's brought you into a place of land, a land of, of plenty, a land where every need is met, where everybody is healed, where every relationship is, is good, where everything you ever thought of is yours, belongs to you. That's, you can judge things. What kingdom does it belong in? Which one? You know, John 10, 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The thief is the, is the ruler of the kingdom of darkness. He's come to steal, to kill, to destroy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your family. He wants to steal your health. He wants to steal your finances. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to steal the plan of God for your life. He wants to destroy all those things. He wants to, he wants to just not just steal them, destroy them. He wants to kill them. He wants to make a total end to what God has planned for you. But the kingdom of light, oh, my heavens, provision, supply, peace, joy, comfort, mercy, grace, that's where they all are. If you, have to, if you go around thinking you have to get out of this darkness, you've missed the point. You're already out. You just don't know what you have. You just haven't realized yet. He's already brought you out. And so many people think they have to get out. You don't have to get out. You already got out. When he, when he put his spirit in you, when you were born again at that particular instant, in that precise millisecond, when you said, Lord Jesus, you were transferred out right then in the blink of an eye, faster than lightning. I, you, can't, you can't even describe how fast the transfer was. You were translated out of that kingdom and put into this kingdom. Gone. Totally different place that you're now in. But if you don't know it, if you don't know it, if you don't think right, this is where right and wrong thinking come in. If you don't think you've been delivered out, then you won't expect to be out. You won't expect to enjoy anything that has to do with what you're now in. And it goes on, you know, and it talks about, about being delivered out of the control and dimension of darkness. The old, the, old, the old kingdom has a way of thinking. But the new kingdom doesn't think that way. Doesn't think that way. I mean, I absolutely love, you know, the little ones around here. Especially, you know, over in this age group here in this toddlers when they're when they're just little and they're, and they're beginning to be taught because they're truly taught. One and two-year-olds, are, they're taught over here what the Word says. They're taught what God will do for them. They're taught, they're trained to think differently than you and I were for so many of us. We weren't raised to think the way we're teaching them to think. And so they don't have to unlearn what we've had to unlearn. They don't have to battle the things that the world put into us and religion put into us. Because they're being trained a different way. To, to know that they, that they go in there and, and, and they get sick or something happens, they're on the playground, they get hurt, their, their instinct is just to go lay hands on that little buddy and pray for him. Their instinct is like, like uh, uh, Briley when she was sick one day. Uh, I'm so glad. What was that? I'm so glad Jesus heals me. I'm so, I mean, she was not even three. And she's singing to her with a fever. She's singing to herself, I'm so glad Jesus heals me. I'm so glad Jesus I mean, my goodness, what kind of believers are they going to be as they grow up, having learned that at such an early age? And the world will try to take that kind of thinking out of them. But our job is to establish them in the way the kingdom we're now in thinks so that they never even give place to anything the old kingdom would try to put on them. Wonderful time to get them born again at an early age so they don't experience the old kingdom. Um, it's kind of like, like Pastor when he had, what kind of a computer was it that most, most people have? It's just a 
just a, just a, just a PC. And when you switched from a regular PC that had Word, I don't know what program it was on, I don't, Windows on it, and he switched to a Mac, suddenly he had to learn a whole new way of thinking with that Mac. It's the same thing when we get born again. We have to learn a whole new way of thinking, a whole new way of operating, a whole new way of doing things. It might not make sense to you at first, but the longer you use it, the longer you put it into practice, the more sense it makes to you until one day you go, man, this is good stuff. I like this. It won't take long, I promise you. Hallelujah. And then it goes on over here and it says, uh, let's see, I've got some of my verses here. It talks about that we've been made partakers. Partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Partakers. That means people who walk in who use, who participate in an inheritance that they've been given. You know, if we go back over to Acts 26, verse 18, the, the vision of this church is to, we'll go over there. I just want you to make, I know you know it, but I want you to see it again. Acts 26, 18. This is our job. See, Paul's, Paul's job that God gave him was this right here. It has become the vision of this church. And it says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Get them out of one kingdom into the bright kingdom. And from the power of Satan to God, they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. You know, I, the, the world has no idea what the inheritance is that belongs to us as believers. And much of the church world does not. It, it saddened me greatly to hear Steve Green talking on Sunday night about a minister he was listening to who was in a minister's conference and was telling those ministers, you know, all the things that we cannot teach people. We cannot teach them that God always heals. And I'm just going, yeah, I know. I've been there. I've heard it. I, I, I've experienced that same kind of thing in my own family. You know, people who are raised in church, who've known nothing but church, and yet they're trying to tell you all the time that, no, God doesn't do that. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. What he said he would do, he will do. Who he says he is is who he says he is. If he says, I am your healer, he's still the healer. And it's sad, but you and I have such a responsibility to tell people. You think, well, everybody knows this. No, everybody doesn't. It's sad, but no, everybody doesn't. They do not know. Just because they're born again does not mean they know. Just because they're spirit-filled does not mean they know. When you tell somebody, it's so easy to get filled with the Holy Ghost, who's been in a Pentecostal church for years and years and years and have never experienced that. And they go, oh, no, it can't. Well, not that easy. No, it's not that easy. Oh, no, you can't. You have to do this, da, 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 da. No, you don't. All you have to do is believe God when you say, I receive, that it's there. Open your mouth and speak. It's that simple. There are people who don't know. They don't know. Jackie and I were having a conversation just last week about how any one of you could go with her to Tajikistan and could be a dynamo over there because of what you know. You may think you know so little, but compared to what the rest of the world knows, you know so much. That is the job. If you belong to this church, that is the assignment that you've been given is to share what the inheritance is that belongs to these people and to let them know so they can enjoy it. But how do you move, you know, from being a partake, be, move into being a partaker? We'll go back to Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 12. What does that, ver that verse start off by saying? It starts off by saying, giving thanks. That's exactly how you become a partaker. By giving thanks. 
thank God when you know what's yours. As you're thanking him, you're beginning to walk in that knowledge. And as you walk in that knowledge, you begin to partake, to actually experience the things that you're thanking him for. You might come across a situation where you need an answer and you do not know what the answer is. You do not know what to do. You don't know which way to turn. You don't even know where to start. Here's where you start. Giving thanks. Get, Father, I thank you. I thank you that the one who is the answer, Jesus, has left me with the, with the Holy Spirit. He has given the Holy Spirit to me. He is the one who's my comforter. He's my advocate. He's my standby. He's my intercessor. He leads me into truth. He gives me answers to when I don't know answers. You begin to thank him. You begin to thank him. And as you begin to thank him, the answers come. You may not know all the verses that you need to know in this particular situation, but you just start thanking God that the answer, the word is my answer. The word is my answer. And, and you put yourself in a position to hear, to read, to hear, to receive. You become a partaker. I thank you, Father, it's there. Because when you begin to give thanks, your, your spirit man becomes open to the entrance of his word. And you begin to see what you've never seen before. You begin to hear what you haven't heard before. You begin to get direction you've never had before. It's all right there. Hallelujah. I know um, I was here. I heard somebody tell this story about Dad Hagen. And I don't remember this particular incident, even though we were in many, many meetings. But they were talking about how he was in a, in a meeting where it was a large church and there was a lot of people there. And so he, he called for a healing line. And she said, you know, you don't, always, you don't turn the mic off, you know, when somebody's called for a healing line. You know, they're waiting until the people, you know, get down to the front and the ushers have them lined up and, and you know, placed and this kind of stuff. And so you're just kind of waiting. So he, he, was walking, he was walking across the platform. He was about to come down, you know, uh, to the floor level where he could minister to people. And he's saying to, me, to himself, I wrote this down. He's saying to himself, they heard him say this, did you know you are healed? No, you don't. That's why you're here. You know, there are times when people can help you with the answer you need. In a prayer line, you know, we should come to a prayer line. If, if you're around here for very long, you should come and get in a prayer line because, number one, you know you are healed. Now, there are people who will come who don't know they're healed, and God can help them. But then after they're healed, like people who don't know anything about the Bible, don't know anything about God will heal them. His healing compassion, his healing mercies are available, and they will get healed. But if they don't know how to keep their healing, they will lose it. So it's up to us. That's why we, we give people who have never been here before, never, maybe they don't know. We put this little book, How to Keep Your Healing in their hands. But for you and me, we come into a, to a prayer line, we know, we should know, it should be reality to us because our thinking is in line with the word. We should come up here knowing that we are already the healed of the Lord. There's a time to come and get in a healing line because there's a healing anointing flowing. Or because we want somebody to agree with us in prayer. And it's like my Sarah said tonight, it's important who you have pray for you. It's important who you go to for agreement in prayer. It's important that they think the same way you think. They believe the same way you believe. My heavens, if some of my family had gotten in agreement with us back when I had, had this cancer issue going on, I'd be dead today. You know, but I was depending on their agreement. Bless God. In fact, his pastor said to me, don't you even talk to that person again until this is all over. I don't want them putting their doubt and unbelief in your mind. And he was right. You know, you can't, you can't afford to let somebody else's doubt and unbelief, you know, get into your thinking. Hallelujah. It's their problem, not yours. Amen. Um, we'll have to. I'm going to have to hurry. i got five minutes. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 10.5. So you want to become a partaker? Start giving thanks. If you want to partake of what he has for you, you give thanks. It, well, it doesn't seem, well, I think, you know, that's just so much nonsense. No, it's not. You put it in practice and you come back and tell me it's still nonsense. 
It's, if your heart is, is right, you've got the right attitude, it works. If your heart's not right, you don't have the right attitude, it won't work. So there are some, there are some you know, qualifications there. Second uh, Corinthians 10, verse 5. I better get over there myself. Second uh, Corinthians, there it is, 10, verse 5. We, we talked about this two weeks ago. We were talking about right and wrong thinking, but let's look at it again. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Casting down imaginations in every high thing. Moffat translation says it this way. I demolish theories and any rampart thrown up to resist the knowledge of God. 20th century says arguments and barriers. And the Phillips translation calls it deceptive fantasy and imposing defense. Deceptive fantasy and imposing defense. I, you know, there are just so many times when, when people will argue and your own mind will argue with you, this can't work. It can't work. It can't work. Yes, it can. God said it can. It can work. Your mind will immediately sometimes go to, okay, how can I fix this? That's really not where it should go. It shouldn't go there. It should go to, thank you, Jesus, you have the answer. I appreciate the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of me, and I know God has an answer for me. I thank you the answer is there. He's going to give it to me right when I need it. Every supply, everything I need is right there right when I need it. It may come 10 seconds before deadline, but it's going to be right there when you need it. And the, the, the very first, it starts off with saying casting down. Do you realize, if you really look at that, casting down, what, is, what does that imply to you? Cat, oh, cast down. Does that imp imply going, okay, now, sweetie, let's just, let's just keep calm. Just stay right there. Just stay. No, casting down to me denotes a violent action. I will use my hanky as an example. We don't, want to, we don't want to injure anything or anybody. But casting down does not mean like, okay, now, you just stay right there. Casting down is, you get out of here. That's casting down. And that's what you and I need to do. Every thought, everything, every barrier, every reasoning, every argument, every theory. Everybody's got their own theory. But what is God's theory? You cast that thing down. That doesn't mean you play with it. You don't pet it. You don't take it and think, well, let me think about this just a minute. Maybe. You don't entertain it. You cast it down. You cast it down. You get violent with this thing. I will not put up with this. Just like Miss Sue did this week. I'm tired of this. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to put up with it. It's not nice. It's not pleasant. It's not friendly. It says, get out. Go. It's every, every thought, every imagination. Not just a few. Not just the ones that seem big. Not the one that seems serious, but even those subtle thoughts. Those subtle little thoughts. Well, I don't know if this is going to work. That's, a, that's something you need to cast down. You don't have to know how it's going to work. You just need to know and be assured of the fact it is working. It is working. God is working in my behalf. I have an advocate with the Father. I have the help of the Holy Ghost. I have everything I need. And it is working. Not maybe it'll work. I hope it works. Well, I think maybe it'll work. I, I don't know. I'm trying. Never say I'm trying. No, you're not trying. You are doing. If you're only trying, you're failing. I'm trying to believe God. You're failing. You're failing. I'm trying to understand. No, you're failing. To say I'm trying. No, you say I am. I am doing this. I am 
bigger than all of this. I am who God says I am. I am above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. I'm not subject to this world. I'm not subject to this economy. I'm not subject to any flu season. I'm not su- My doctor, every time I see her, tries to get me to take a flu shot. I'm going, no, I don't need a flu shot. I don't get the flu. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to do that. No, you're not. You're setting yourself up for failure if that word, that phrase, I'm trying, comes out of your mouth. Stop it. Stop it. It indicates what your thought life is. Your thought life has not been renewed to what the word has said. That's what it's telling you. Oh, you're being tough. You're You're just being so nitpicky. I have to be. The enemy's nitpicky. And he, he give him a place in, of entrance and he will take even the smallest thing back. The smallest little opening, he will take it. I can't afford to be too nitpicky. There is no such thing in the word of God as too nitpicky. It's either all or nothing, folks. It's either all. And what you think to yourself has more weight than what you will ever say to anyone. What you will even say to yourself. You know... You go down the road, nobody else is around. And you think just because they, well, they don't know what I'm thinking. You know, would, would it be shocking if our thought life was, ooh, like teleprompter for everybody to read? Ah, oh, my goodness. But God's reading your, your teleprompter. And if you don't get to the place where you think right, He can't help you because your thought life and what you say to yourself in your thought life determines how much He can help you and how how easily He can get the answer to you and whether the answer will come. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.